Two pastors and Tom walk into a bar, but this is no joke. It's the start of a conversation between three friends about culture, God, beer, and more. So pull up a chair, order a pint, and let's get started. Welcome to Pine Class Preachers. My name is Tom, and I'm joined today by my Christian friends, Josh and Gabe. I point out Christian because today we're talking about world religions. We're going to hit up Islam, for sure. We might even hit some Jewish people. Wait, that didn't Wait. come out right. Hit hey, Jewish people. we're going to talk about religions, and it's going to be a good time. Have a good one. Dude, what is this, like the Crusades or something? We're going to hit Islam. I was going to say, why did you get say violent terminology to start this off? What a terrible idea. We need to have because like a disclaimer. I, I didn't have time to write a good one, and that's literally <laughs> what came out of my mouth, and then I, I thought it was a good enough pun to go with this. So, Wait, as we, how so is violence to other religions was the first thing that came out of your mouth, Tom. Oh, my gosh. Well, we apologize to the good listener for... Uh, Tom's insensitivity as we begin a potentially sensitive subject today. Man. Incidentally, what are we drinking today, gents? Well, since it's 95 degrees and ridiculously humid here in Chattanooga, I thought I would kick off the fall season with a Southern Tier Brewing Company, Imperial Pump King. Not pumpkin, pumpkin. Oh, that's but clever. Is, but it is a pumpkin ale. Um, so I'm trying that. It's all right. I'm not really a huge fan of pumpkin ales, but the bottle caught my eye at Costco the other day, and I was like, you know, I shouldn't be too you know, unfair to all the pumpkin ales in the world, so I thought I'd give it a shot. But uh, no offense to Southern Tier, still not convincing me to be a pumpkin ale fan. Now we know. Yeah. We didn't care, but now we know. Well, for me today, uh, because it's Tuesday, it's gin and tonic day. And also because it's been fairly humid and I just kind of felt like something cool, crisp, and refreshing. Tuesday or every day, Tom? No, Tuesday Tuesday is specifically gin and tonic day. Uh, Wednesday is rum. Thursday is Irish whiskey. You know, we kind of just rotate through the days. And so. Friday night is Alcoholics Anonymous. So <laughs> I'm you win. nervous about your health, Tom. Yep, 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 yep. Hey, no, um, I'm just kidding. Gabe, uh, you still on that LaCroix kick? Dude, I'm upgraded tonight. So, yeah, so still on the whole 30, so I can't uh, have any alcohol. But in in honor of World Religions Night, I'm drinking some Buddha's Blend Kombucha. Ooh. Uh, yes. Nice. Great from uh, Austin, Texas, made with love from Austin, Texas. It's uh, cranberry-flavored kombucha, and it's quite good. I thought you were going to say you were drinking a bottle of water, since here in America we like to think that the rest of the world needs our bottled water. Well... Religions included. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, Josh, you grew up in the Bay Area. True. Pretty diverse. You know it. How was that for you? 
Uh, it was pretty good, and I'm super happy we're talking about this world religions tonight because uh, actually, most of you don't know that I played competitive male volleyball in high school. <laughs> so, yep, everyone be intimidated when you see me. But it is true, Tom. Don't throw up that gin and tonic. It is an actual true thing. And on my team, we had a hey, very do, diverse religious group. I mean, we real had... Quick though, real quick, no. though. Do men, do men volleyball players, which is adorable, by the way, uh, do they wear, like, those Spanx, too? Like the no, pooched we, out... Okay. No, we wear athletic shorts, and if you want to say it's adorable, then the next time I rip a ball down the line into your face and break <laughs> your nose, you will be embarrassed because you got your nose broken by a volleyball and from a man's hand at that. Yeah, well, it won't happen because I don't play girl sports, so I won't see on the field hockey field either. So okay. off balls out for me too. Um, wow. Anyways, go on. Oh, this is not going to go I'm well for you, Gabe. I'm feeling ashamed right now, but to get back to my point, it was a very diverse religious volleyball team that we had. We had Hindus, we had Muslims, uh, we had a Mormon, and then there was me. No, and I think we had an, an agnostic uh, Chinese coach, too. So not a, lot of, not a lot of prayer before the game, or...? Well, some were kneeling, some were prostating. Wait, prostating? Prostating! <laughs> <laughs> got him the heart. No, some were kneeling, some were prostrating themselves, others were standing, some were hands folded, and my moment friend's arms were crossed in front of him. So, we were as diverse as the team that we played. What, what did wow. you do, Josh? I did it all. <laughs> oh, gosh. Did it all. So you, so you were the coach? <laughs> standing on the sideline, making sure people were subbing in and out correctly? No, I was that guy on the team that was like constantly like sprainin' his ankle. <laughs> So on the bench, making sure people were subbing in because you were hurt. Listen, otherwise known as team manager, okay? Get it right. <laughs> Get it right, please. Dude, I'll go awesome. get another pitcher of water for you guys. Okay, right. enough enough making fun so, of me for my competitive listen, male volleyball Tom, skills. Tom, growing up in rural Minnesota, uh, Lord knows you were in a very diverse area too. Yeah, we had white people and, uh, like, Cows. whiter people. So that's what we had. Um, and we had Christians and different types of Christians. That's what we had in my small town. And uh, I don't. I, I can think of tons of stories growing up, very similar to Josh's uh, manager stories of playing volleyball. But uh, I was a starter. Thank you very much. <laughs> starting manager <laughs> and starting student manager. But actually, I think like the story that I think of most when I think about my small town and 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 we're th talking about world religions, is I was just back at my dad's church, and he was leading a Bible study, and he opened up with, you know, wh what do you guys fear the most? And I had seen his Bible study outline, and I knew this was not where he was going. But right away, someone right away was like, oh, the Muslims, that's what I fear. And from there on out, it just oh devolved gosh. into a bunch of people just shouting out hate for Muslims because they're, they're, they all, wanna, all they want to do is kill us. And all wow. I want is war. It was the worst. And I, like it, at, at some point, and my dad was doing his best to try to steer the conversation away from it because it's a small community. He has to still go to the hospital with these people. So, he, you know, when they're sick and, and he's in their homes and he can't just shut them down and say, you're an idiot, stop talking, which right. he probably should have. But, but he had to be, he had to be a, as nice about it as possible. He's trying to steer it away, but people keep coming back to it. And... I don't feel like I can say anything. Like, mom's looking at me, and she's like, don't, don't, just don't, because I'm ready to rip everybody a new one, right? Right, right. 
And so finally, I, I'm just, I just stood up. I slammed my chair forward, which I did not mean to slam it that hard. But in retrospect, I was really glad that I did. Freaking and pastors, I just kids, man. Walked out. And you and said, "I am converting to Islam," <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going to invite my local imam to the hospital next time you're sick. <laughs> yeah, it, that's what like, you should have said, the, Tom. It's just because these people have never had, and I mean, all they see is what they see on Fox News. That is all they see. They've never met a Muslim. They've never spent any amount of time with a Muslim. Wait a second. Hold on. Are there sources of truth outside of Fox News? <laughs> whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold on. This. Yes, there are. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good it's to know. It's going to cost you $40 million. Well, um, it's, a good, it's a good thing that we have a resident expert in not only Islam, but many other of the world's religions. So what do you think? Should wait, we, we go? I know. I know. For no, we have a real one. expert, and we may actually let him talk, which is rare for us. Hey we oftentimes get great guests. We just don't let them talk. But it could happen tonight. We're trying to get better at that, right? We're working on it. We're working on it. I say we've moved from like a C-minus podcast to like a solid B. Whoa. Is... I was, I was going to say B-minus, but I'll take it. Yeah, okay, I'll... yeah. We'll we're somewhere in the middle there, depending, depending on the episode. Hey, speaking uh, of being B-minus, uh, we totally forgot to book a musical guest for this episode, but we're sure <laughs> we'll find someone by the time we release it. Hope you and enjoyed they'll be it. Great. They'll be awesome. We love them. Enjoy. Watching deep boys live a fast life. Now I'm working three jobs trying to get my cash right. Praying that my kids see my struggles and they act right. Thank God I'm surviving, bro. Progress is what I'm striving for. Music is my talents, head bobbing like a diving ball. If you hating on me, then stay back. I'm just trying to bring hope back. Speak knowledge and straight facts and show you where my faith at. I'm just living life right now. Gotta get it right right now. Well, we are so grateful for that unnamed musical guest that will be featured on this episode. <laughs> but for now, uh, it is my privilege to invite our guest into this conversation this evening. His name is Ken Chitwood, soon to be, well, I don't know how soon, but one day will be Dr. Ken Chitwood as he is a PhD student at the University of Florida and a fellow, a good fellow, but also just a normal fellow at the Center for Global Islamic Studies, uh, which, Ken, correct me if I'm wrong, you did say that was also at the University of Florida? Indeed. Excellent. Well, welcome, Ken. Uh, for those of you who don't know me and Ken, we share um, we share men's volleyball together in common. It's sort of like the early church. We share everything in common. But only me and Ken, not Tom and Gabe. <laughs> yeah, the Lord, the Lord will not add every day to the numbers of the men's volleyball ranks. That's Although he should. Although he thank should. goodness no, for that. And for real, thank though. him for that. Yeah. Uh, Gabe, stop it. I'm just saying, it's not a man's sport. It is. For real, though, me and Ken go way back to Concordia University Irvine Eagle days, uh, where I knew him, he knew me. Uh, then you got to go traipse around the world for a while, Ken. Um, I would like to hear about all those places that you've been to. And also, just kind of what you're up to these days, and why we keep referring to you as our resident expert, not only in Islam, but a handful of other world religions as well. Welcome. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the podcast, friends. It's, it's good to be here. I always uh, take up invitations to talk about this stuff, because I think it's so vital and important these days. So it's just good to be here, uh, and to defend men's volleyball as an official apologist from the state of California, where it is a men's sport. Preach. Uh, Oh, because so. it's California. Like, California doesn't know the difference between a man and a woman anyways. So, 
Yeah, that's, another, that's, a, that's a totally oh. different podcast. It's freaking. It is true. We we've actually done that episode. Um, but we'll we'll, we'll, well uh, we can get back into it. I mean, whatever. We can get back into it another time. Um, but so I, I got to know right off the bat. I heard I heard University of Florida. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know Tim Tebow? I don't know him. Oh, but, because you're a Christian and you go to Florida, so yeah. But his le- his legend is long here. His statue is still standing. He is. He is not just like the cool Christian quarterback. He's a god. Like he literally is God himself. He is idolatry just existing. Which uh, has got to be wow. tough for him because he espouses, you know, the exact opposite of that. Right in principle, but perhaps not in practice. Ooh. So yeah, wow, he got yeah. you there, Tom. We oh, got Tebow you there, Tom. We're, we're digging on Tebow, and we're not even five minutes into this. I mean, well, pretty heavy. What our listeners, what they have heard j- right here is the first time that any any type of media has said a a bad word about Tim Tebow outside of his football skills. I just keep Tebowing <laughs> right here in my, in my basement. It's really oh, cool. Man. Maybe right, that should so be can that we should like, be the graphic art for our ne- for our episode here. Is you know what? Tebow oh, in the background. I'll make that. I'm gonna make that happen. Hey Josh, remember when you made your face on Colin Kaepernick's body uh, right before he sat down for the national anthem? Oh, remember how many times I've sat down for the national anthem? A lot. Whoa, easy. All right, Cap. that's another episode. That's another I, episode. Being Cap tight. So can we let Ken get back into back to yeah. tell us like you, who please. he is, Tom? We you, we told you don't interrupt the guest. And what's the first thing that you did? Every you interrupted okay. the guest. Um, no, 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 no. He he said. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I'm really glad to talk about volleyball and these other things that are important, like religion and things like that, and then something else I wasn't listening to, and then that's when I asked about Tebow because I thought it'd be a really funny intro, and now we've spent a good six to seven minutes talking about it. I don't see how this is a bad thing. So sorry, Ken. Ken, real quick, maybe this will help us hear a little bit more about who you are. What is a fellow? I've always wondered that. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. It's usually someone who's been appointed uh, and given money or some other type of resources to, to study in a particular area for the benefit of a center or a department or a school. So I've gotten money to be here to study global Islam, particularly Islam in Latin America and the Caribbean. Dude, I want to get money to do something. Oh, my gosh. All right, so let's get into it, okay? So <laughs> in particular, Ken... Um, is, so would you say Islam is your, your specialty as far as like world religions go? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I specialize in religion in the Americas, uh, which traces all the way from Canada all the way down to uh, you know, the South America and everywhere in between. But then also global Islam is my other area of specialty and focus. And I smudge those together and I look at Islam in the Americas uh, ever since uh, the 16th century up until today. Okay, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, so let, let's maybe just start here. Let's start kind of world religions, and then I think just due to the nature of the conversation in our world today, we'll definitely want to talk to you about Islam and Islam in the Americas. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've got a few personal questions that way too, but let me, let's just start with this basic one, right? So, so kind of Joe Schmo out there says, hey, you know what? Aren't all religions basically the same, right? Like aren't we all kind of grasping at the same sort of truth? Um, what what do you say to that as as one who who studies world religions in a pretty uh, deep capacity? No. Okay. 
That was yeah, good. Next, next question. Next question. Next one. <laughs> that was really uh, no, easy. No, seriously though. I mean, I think I think that comes out of two perspectives. I think that comes out of one perspective uh, that's kind of like this perspective of of my religion's better than all these other religions that are the same. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like maybe you've heard this thing like, oh well, my religion's like a religion of grace, and all the other religions are like religions of law. Mm -hmm. um, and and so you hear that, and then the other thing is like the kind of perennialist viewpoint or like all religions are the same. They're just different paths up the same mountain. Right. Right. For that. And those are kind of like two kind of ends of the spectrum. Uh, and there's other views in between, uh, but both of those viewpoints I think are, are, are fundamentally uh, missing the point. Uh, religions are different. Every single religion is, is different in its own unique way. There is no like essence of religion. There's no like essential oil of religion that you can just like drop out. Um, religions are all seeking different solutions to different problems. You can't talk about one mountain. There are different mountains with different paths in, in different geographies and landscapes. And so, yeah, religions are all unique uh, and interesting unto their own. And they developed according to their own histories and interpenetrated with other religions at the same time uh, and created hybrid forms. And, and that's what makes studying religion fun. Uh, you say all religions are the same, you just end the conversation immediately. Right, right, right. Well, so let let me ask you this. Just like, well, let, can, can we um, go on? Or maybe yeah. you're going, maybe you're going there, Gabe. But I want to unpack that just a little bit more because you talk about the average Joe Schmo, and you know that's my role here because we we have two pastors that get up in their ivory white tower there and and really high minded theology, and I try to bring us, I try to dumb us down here a little bit. But you do a great job, Tom. I know, I know, <laughs> it's it's my role. Uh, when we think about all these religions, we think about, okay, us, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, you know, there's a god, and most of the major gist is be good, and then there's some kind of afterlife, whether you are reincarnated as a cow, or you are on a cloud with 40 virgins, or you are in heaven with Jesus Christ. It, it, it's it, They all kind of follow that major pattern. What I hear you say is, yeah, but it's so much more complex, which I agree with. So, but from that, from that 30,000 foot view, they do look very similar. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I think, I think you're honest something. I'm, I'm, this is not just a Joe Smoke question. This is like the question that operates within, you know, the ivory towers of academia as well. We're, we're all getting paid or, or trying to figure out or paying money to talk about like, what do we talk about when we talk about religion? Does religion exist? Um, and if someone brings that to me, it's like, hey, there's like all these basic things about the afterlife or deities or, or spirits and you have a soul or, you know, morals, ethics, all that. And, and I always go, yeah, I mean, you have a family, right, Tom? Like you've got a, an extended I family. Do. Yeah, got three and, little boys. Right, exactly. So you've got your, your nuclear family, you've got your extended family, and y'all all have like family resemblances, right? Mm -hmm. something in common that makes you O'Neill's. Is that right? O'Neill? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So you've got this like thing that is O'Neill-ness um, and yet you are all strikingly different individuals. Mm -hmm. um, and so you've got some shared things, you've got some trajectories, you've got some habits and characteristics uh, and yet you're all very different people. Well, that's, that's religions. Religions share family resemblances, but they're all unique individuals. So yeah, they've got some understanding of afterlife or no afterlife or what life is and how life recreates itself. Or they've got these ideas about the body and the soul and whether they're different or the same or how they're structured. Or, but, but each person has got uh, a different emphasis on different syllables uh, that makes mm -hmm. them who they are. Well, so let me, 
let, let me tap into that then, Ken, because you, uh, we didn't mention this early on, but in addition to being a scholar, um, are also, in, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, an ordained pastor. Oh, uh, it, yeah, got me. You got dude, me, you nailed me. Yeah, nailed sorry, me. sorry to out you, man. Yeah, uh, there no goes your credibility. Not, yeah. not even on the business cards. Right. So, well, and that's what, first of all, what, what I do love about you, man, is that you're willing to wade into this because so, so often I think we as Christians like to just put ourselves in our own little bubble and just sort of talk about our own things all the time. And, and you've waded into this. And so, so I'm grateful for you for doing that for the church. Uh, but that being said, what you just said about religion, I, I feel like I could just be like, well, you like syncretist, like you just are, you, you like you. Don't, what about the truth, Ken? Like, what about what's real? Why do you believe what you believe? If, if you know all this about all these other religions, why, why do you believe what you believe? Right, yeah. I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a valid question that I get asked a lot. Um, and, and there's a lot figure. of things uh, There's a lot of things I'm clear on. Uh, and then some things I'm, I'm still wrestling with it and confused about, right? So um, things I'm clear about, uh, you know, I am an unabashed uh, follower of Jesus Christ. And I take that pretty seriously because I went through the, the gauntlet that is seminary to become a, an ordained pastor. Um, and, and I hang out with Lutherans. And it's not just uh, the, the, the beer or, you know, the other like Lutheran cultural trappings, although I do enjoy them uh, and, was, and was raised to them, uh, raised in them to a certain extent. Uh, but at the same time, I see something particular um, in the community that, that forms around Jesus and his person and his reality and his call and his gifts to this world. Um, and, and that is just how it's formed in Christ and, and who Christ is and, and, and was and, and, and will be. Uh, and then also, too, about what happens around what he did and, and, and who he's given the responsibility of carrying on that way in this world. Because that's the thing that always gets me about Christianity. It's just how nuts God is. Like, just how stupid crazy he was. Like, constantly, he's just like, I got, I got the, the creation of the world and, and, and the cosmos, and I've done it all. And I'm just, I'm going to give it to you guys and just see how you screw it up. Uh, but, but I'm just going to keep loving you anyways. And we screw up at every turn, uh, and, and yet he continues to work through us. And, and so I, I like being a part of that. Um, and, and I'm called to be a part of that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm firmly there. So let me, um, let me ask you this, it, sorry to interrupt, but, but if, you know, and I've, I've preached this and I've also heard this preach where I'd say a major difference between Christianity and every other religion, uh, is this notion of, of grace. And I, I think there's aspects of grace probably in every religion, but this idea that it freely is like, I literally... I could not follow a single rule of God's, you know, and just flip him the bird, um, but simply trusting in Jesus, all this grace, all this love, all this mercy falls on me. And from my limited understanding, it seems like everything else, perhaps every other religion, there's certain rules, certain ordinances you have to follow in order to get God, in order to be in. Is that is that fair, or, or are we wrong to do that? Well, I think... I think perspective is really important here because a lot of times when I'm talking to people who aren't Christians who are strutting Christianity, um, they don't they don't see that what you just said as what Christianity is actually about. So, so that's an important thing that I always point out to people as well. Like that's very much an insider's perspective and a particular insider's perspective. Like there's a lot of Christians actually when you do like you know polls from like Pew and things like that. Um, 
and, and, and most Christians uh, would, would say it's about the things we do uh, and mm-hmm. the works that we perform. And a lot well, of outsiders out there. Well, yeah. I mean, theologies and, and, and that's granted, but again, t- it depends on what perspective you're coming in. A lot of people don't see that. Um, and so again, what Christianity exudes uh, in a lot of ways is this performance and work-based thing. And that's very um, common for a lot of religions. And so again, as, as Christians, you're seeing an insider's perspective and you're seeing bad theologies and good theologies. Right. And then when you look at other religions from an outsider's perspective, you're going to tend to see the legal practices and ethical moral aspects first. Because you're just going to see the outside activity. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So th- there's actually a lot more um, grace stuff in, if you, if you want to use that very technical term. And again, ex- expert is very generous to me. No, that was good. Uh, but, yeah. but, <laughs> grace but, stuff. Grace That's stuff um, at work um, in in religions that the, the last ones you think of. And I always remind people like um, the very first line of the Quran has, uh, I think five or six references to, to mercy uh, and to love and forgiveness. Uh, and that is the line it's called Al-Fatiha, the, the first uh, surah or chapter of the Quran. It, it is quoted at every single prayer that the Muslims gather for. And, and lots of Muslims describe to me that their, their religion is a religion of mercy and, and a religion of forgiveness and of love from Allah. Um, and and they, they, they are firmly grounded in that. And again, well, from the outside, we don't see that. No, well, that's the interesting thing to me, because here in America, you know, you just talked about this, this insider baseball that, you know, in America here, if you're a Christian, you can say, well, these Christians practice this and these Christians practice that. And, you know, we can say we're all about grace, but what people are really seeing, what they're really seeing is what we see on on cable cable TV, it's the Jerry Falwells, it's the it's the Billy Grahams and things like that, or the people screaming at you from from the corner that if you don't read this Bible tonight, you're going to hell. That's what people think of as Christians, and we as Americans say, well, no, 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 that's not really what Christianity is about. It's about Jesus Christ. But then we are unwilling when all we see on TV is ISIS. We're unwilling to say there's anything more to to Islam than, than people beheading other people. Right. Well, I mean, some some people would say that, but and this this might be a bad thing to admit to, considering I'm also a Christian clergyman, uh, but it, it also is, I'm a little curious to ask you too, Ken. Um, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I grew, up, I grew up in the Bay Area of California, San Francisco area. I had a lot, a lot of Afghan friends, and they were all Muslim, okay? And so I was surrounded by a lot of Islam, a lot of what I would say were really healthy, you know, realities of, of Islam. And I got to spend time with their families, and I would go to graduations, and I would talk religion with them. I went to, you know, mosque with them a couple of times. And it was almost like by the time I graduated high school, I had sort of fell in love with Islam, not not the say theology or the doctrine of it, but the entire culture surrounding it to a point where I was really jealous. I was like, why can't Christianity embody and embrace? And perhaps it was most maybe just Middle Eastern hospitality. Maybe it was um, you know the the specific culture that tends to hang around uh, good Muslims. But by the end of by the time I graduated high school, I was like, man, I really wish Christianity could 
could be more like Islam. And I had this affection, and I mean, I still do, do a little bit for that particular religion uh, of our world's religions. And I didn't know, Ken, like, the more you study it, do you... Obviously, you said you're very well grounded as a Christian and all that kind of stuff. But, like, the more you study it... Is, do you just fall in love with it more and more? Do you every once in a while get jealous and kind of wish, like, man, I, I sort of wish I could be a Muslim but still be a Christian? I mean, I don't know. Does that sound weird? Uh, no, I mean, I, I get that. And, and, again, I get this question uh, quite often. My, my mom, God bless her, always makes sure I haven't converted to Islam. Like, every family <laughs> gathering we get together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. She's just like, I just, I just wanted to check. Just wanted to check. Um, sure. and, what, about, what about Uncle Lanny? Does Uncle, uh, Uncle I was going to say, okay, so Uncle Lanny, because Prince of Peace, we go way back, like all the way to like baptismal churches. Um, so Lutherans are so weird. But anyways. Um, inbred is the word, actually. Yeah, can. inbred, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the incest shows in the physical features. but It does. We, we, you know, we go back there. My grandmother, it's really funny, actually. I, I applied to a couple different schools, and one of them was University of Florida to study Islam. And then I also applied to the University of Notre Dame. And when my grandma found out that Notre Dame rejected me and that University of Florida accepted me, uh, she was like, oh, thank God, he's not going to become a Catholic priest. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I was like, well, I'm going to study Islam. And she was like, oh, you can become an imam. That's fine. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> in, in her mind, like Catholic priest was worse, worse than, uh, than, than an, 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 an imam. So yeah. yeah. Um, but Wait, yeah and she's I, Lutheran? Uh, oh yeah, like oh, that's a good Lutheran. Okay. Yeah, way Lutheran, way mm-hmm. Lutheran, like Wisconsin Lutheran. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I mean, I I do I do I mean again I have I have many many friends who are Muslim and um, you know they're they're close friends, some of my closest friends, and I I enjoy being at the mosque and and I go quite regularly and you know like just last week you know the local imam was over at my house for dinner and we were just chilling, talking, hanging out, you know. Uh, eating pizza and having a good time and just t- talking about a thousand different things and religion happened to come up and, and all that's very good. And I feel very home uh, in, in Muslim communities, uh, whether they be in Puerto Rico or in Turkey or in Jordan or here in the U.S. or wherever they may be. Um, at the same time, I, I have to be honest, I've never been tempted to like actually convert. Um, and people have tried multiple times. They have? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I was, I was at this iftar, which is like breaking the fast during Ramadan, and um, this guy, I, the best I could describe it is like, he walked the Muslim Romans road with me. Like, yes. you know, like you, you ask a question, yeah, which yeah. leads to another question, which, which finally <laughs> you have to make a decision for, for, right, right. for conversion. And, and basically he was doing this. He was like, Ken, you've read the Quran, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've read it. And he goes, what did you think about it? I said, it was pretty good. He's like, did you think it was logical? And I was oh, like, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, he was like, yeah, it's pretty logical. And, uh, and, and he just kept asking question after question after question. And then my other friend who was there, he was like, hey, man, I'm just going to warn you. Like, he's, he's like really Christian. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I probably should warn you. I'm like a, I'm like a pastor. Like and, a, and he, and a he Shiite just, Christian. Yeah. 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 Well, that's <laughs> good, good Jim Gaffigan uh, yeah. re- reference there. Dang it. But, come um, on. I just get my own credit on that most yeah. of the time, Ken. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I, I, even at that point, like I went home that night and I was like, man, should I convert? I don't even know. Like, and then I was like, Ken, think about converting, like check yourself before you wreck yourself, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and I thought about it and I was like, no, nah, I just, there's nothing there. And I think part of it is that I'm, I'm such a, a scholar in terms of my approach to Islam. Um, 
that that sometimes I have too much critical distance. Like you have um, academic distance there. Yeah, I've, I've got yeah. academic distance there that just um, allows me to do this. And, and then probably just a, like a dash of the Holy Spirit, maybe. Like well, maybe. That's good. Yeah. Well, so wait, speaking of him, so you've had folks try to convert you, or at least this dude. Um, you know, I'm, I am evangelistic at heart, right? And so I see myself, if I'm in the midst of a Muslim community for a long time, like I, I feel like I'd just be like, hey, if you were to die today, why would God tell you to get into his heaven? You know, like I wouldn't do that, but, but like I'd want to, I'd want to share the faith. I'd want them to, to know about Jesus and I want to invite them into the life that he offers. Um, have you ever done that? Do you not do that? What's that, what's that look like for you as, as far as your interactions in the Muslim community? Yeah. And that's a good question. Uh, I, I keep affirming your questions. Like you guys need well, the affirmation. We feel like, good. Yeah, I, we're all kind of arrogant anyway. I've, I've actually sent you buttons in the mail, and yes. Tom, Tom's got a star chart where he's got gold <laughs> stars like all the way to the end. He needs um, them. But uh, yeah, I think I there's kind of two things that that I would say about this is is one I've really, really, really got to earn the right to do that, um, and then the other thing is well, if I'm asked, then I'll talk about it. And so far, probably with like two people in my entire life, have I earned the right to, to be that forward when it comes to my interactions with people of, of other religions, you know, that, that I'm working with and studying. Mm -hmm. um, because there's also like, I'm a scholar and I need, to, I need to keep some boundaries in place because I could lose my job type of thing. Right, you know? right, right. Um, but only to the point where it's like, well, this is such a solid friendship now that I can talk about my faith openly and I, I don't feel a problem with that in any way, shape, or yeah. form. And, and that hasn't happened in my, my scholarly work here at the University of Florida. This has been in the past where I've had you know, relationships with people of other religions in my capacity as a DCE or a pastor or a vicar or whatever. Yeah. Um, but in my work, I'm often asked questions particularly about Jesus, uh, Isa, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, Jesus is a big deal in Islam and, and he gets brought up often and, and people have questions about him. And so when they ask me those questions, I talk about my, my faith and my perspective and, and what I believe and what is in scripture. And so I talk about it quite often, more often than I probably thought I was going to. Yeah. Um, but, but one story I always share uh, is I was at the same iftar and this guy heard me like say, I'm like, wait, Christian. And, and he had told me had Christian roommates that had tried to convert him and they were so annoying because most Christians who try to convert people are. And so he was, you know, complaining about that. But then he's like, I have a question for you. He's like, you know, you said you're really Christian, but why, why, do, you, why do you believe in a, in, a, in a prophet that's dead? And, and I was like, well, I, we don't. Like Jesus is alive. Like, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And, and he, he was like, no, 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 no. Like in the Quran, like, there's this whole thing about Jesus not dying on the cross and that someone else was in place of him. It may have been his brother, it may have been somebody else, but he didn't die. He, he survived and he was taken to Allah and he will come back to defeat the, the armies of evil at the end of time, at judgment day. Isa will lead the armies, right? And so Jesus never died in Islam. He never died on the cross. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, wow. yeah, yeah, we believe he died on the cross, um, but uh, we also believe he rose from the dead three days later. And the guy looked at me and he was like, really? I was like, yeah. What? yeah. It's like the I, central act of Christianity. Exactly. And that's why I was like, this is like the thing. Like, yeah. this is like the thing. Yeah. The resurrection. Yeah. Like, that's what it's all about. That's what it all hinges on, right? And, yep, exactly. so, and I, I looked at him and I was like, I thought you said your, your roommates tried to convert you. And he was like, oh, yeah, all the time. 
Jesus this, Jesus that. And I was like, and yet they never got to the resurrection. The res- that whole <laughs> and, you know, and, and he's like, I, no, I've never heard that before. You know, you, you bring that up, Kenneth, and I'm glad you did because clearly that, that demonstrates sort of the inadequacy of so much Christian evangelism that we sort of don't even focus on the central message of Scripture, which is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But you also brought up a, a really good point that I think a lot of people either don't know and are ignorant of, or they just choose to overlook, and that is the prominence of Jesus in Islam and in the Quran. And so can you just maybe, since there's going to be a lot of people that this might be new and familiar ter- or new and unfamiliar territory for, can you just kind of explain the, the, the place or role of Jesus uh, in Islam so that at least we've got a good understanding and, and our listeners have uh, a good understanding of, of that? Because I think most people wouldn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm familiar with that, and, and, and I've heard it before, but maybe many people haven't. So teach us. Right. So, I mean, the central idea of Islam, as I would say, Ken, is, is... Ken, you forgot to tell Josh he asked a good question. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't need Ken's affirmation because we both played men's volleyball, so we're cool. Oh, okay. Cool. No, no, you're forgetting that Gabe's place is to make sure that we all abide by perfect online podcast etiquette. <laughs> you know, not interrupting people when they're first introduced, even though it's our show and, you know, Tom, stop we're simply so making fun. Tom, stop being so grumpy, like the old man that you are, and just let Ken answer. Okay, I'm sorry, Ken. Please go back. Islam and Jesus. Islam and Jesus. So I, I have to start at like the, the central idea, at least is from, from my perspective, is that Islam is about living in this world uh, in accordance with Allah or God's plan as known as it is through the Islamic scriptures. And, and I say that because the Islamic scriptures are vitally important. Like text is vitally important to the practice of Islam in the world. And who bears those scriptures are also very important. And so Muhammad is the messenger, the, 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 the seal of the prophets is, is how he is known for bringing the final revelation in the Quran and then also the way to live the Quran in his own sunnah or his own practice of Islam. And Muhammad is sometimes known as the living Quran because he showed Muslims how to live it. And so he's the seal of the prophets. And there's a whole long line of prophets stretching all the way back to Adam and in that list are a lot of names that would be familiar to uh, people who follow the Hebrew scriptures um, or people who are Christian and, and look at what they call the Old Testament and the New Testament um, and, and listen to these patriarchs and prophets. And then finally, this guy named Jesus or Isa in Arabic. And he is the final prophet given reverence and respect in Islam before Muhammad. So it's like Jesus spoke and then for like almost 600 years, uh, then there was nothing until Muhammad came along to correct everything that had come along before with his new revelations from Allah. Uh, and so Jesus is given the highest accord among the prophets, second only to Muhammad. And like I said before, uh, he is the one who will come back at judgment day to defeat the armies of evil, not Muhammad, uh, not the angel Gabriel, um, but Jesus. And so Jesus oh. is afforded much respect um, and his name is still very popular um, in, in many different communities uh, throughout the Muslim world. Like in fact, I know a couple kids. of Isa. Yeah. Isa, in fact, like Isa. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of actual people who convert from Christianity to, to Islam will name themselves Isa as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, awesome. 
Do so. Oh man, I have so many questions. So one would be this: I I've often heard like people who maybe would use uh, anti-Muslim rhetoric, uh, which is a bad thing, uh, but they've been called racist, which is weird to me uh, because Islam is is a faith, right? Like there's Christians of all different shades. Are there not Muslims of all different shades? So why why is that a racist comment or are people who say that just idiots? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we could get into a, a, another podcast about like what racism is and and the different ways that racism is construed. Like sometimes we we base that purely on pigment, like race is tied up with pigment. Uh, but in many other different cultures and histories and times, and even within American history, uh, race has been tied to class or it's been tied to culture, it's been tied to practice or it's been tied to religion. And so I think there could be an oh, really? argument made okay. to say that it is a, a, a racist perspective. But... Uh, racism, particularly in the U.S. context, has a very particular and specific dialogue uh, around it that does have to do often with, with pigment um, of, of people's skins. And, and it's an important dialogue. And so I like to take the discussion of Islam out of racism right. to a large degree. I leave it kind of on the, on the border and still interacting in the Venn diagram, if you got my gist, right? Yep. Um, Maybe just call it racial bigotry. Uh, but you know, I, I, I use the term, and, and people sometimes don't like this, and, and I'm not fully comfortable with it, but I do use the term Islamophobia. And, okay. and I, I do think that is applicable, that there are people who are afraid of Islam and, and voice a particular, as you said, anti-Muslim rhetoric um, yeah. that, that, that talks about Islam in a certain way, that frames Muslims in a certain way, and also showcases uh, a great ignorance of what Islam is and what Muslim life is actually like. Um, and then at the same time, also performs some very uh, significant, if not um, terrible, um, side effects of identity construction. So people in the U.S. like to be afraid of something that helps them identify who they are. And so it becomes right. us versus them, but the them is totally constructed. It, it doesn't exist in reality, or at least not as they paint it. Right. Right. That's good. Uh, I mean, it's not good that that exists, but <laughs> that makes sense to me. Um, well, so let me ask this, and, and I know we're kind of running a little bit short on time uh, here, but I, because you study uh, Islam in the Americas, I actually I have a unique situation. So the, the church that I pastor, uh, we meet in a storefront, and literally uh, right the part of the same strip mall that we're a part of, the same storefront we're a part of, uh, is, a, is a carniceria, a Mexican meat market, and uh, it's it's run by a man who is Hispanic and Muslim, which oh. was this like mind blowing thing to me. So how prevalent is it in in Latin America? Uh, is is Islam is it growing? I mean, where's where's that come from? Uh, it's a very dangerous thing, Gabe, to ask a PhD student about their primary I mean, field of research. It's a poor decision. Uh, but but <laughs> uh, yeah, short on time. Thanks, Gabe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm going to do my best, okay? So, so okay. here's the deal. Um, I mean, Islam has been present in the Americas since the beginning of Euro and African contact with the Americas. So, so Muslims uh, came over with the conquistadors. They came over oh, really? with the early colonists. Um, I mean, 1492, when, when Columbus sailed the ocean, ocean blue. blue. Oh, you guys are so good. Buttons all around. Um, when he did that was the same year that the Catholic Spanish monarchy declared the reconquest of Spain complete 
against the Muslims or the Moors, right? So, so they brought over, I mean, the, the colonists actually referred to the indigenous peoples of the Americas as Moors. So they brought over this whole imagination about what Moors are and called the indigenous people that. They, they put on stage plays where they showed them killing Muslims and saying, that's what we're going to do to you if you don't convert to Christianity. Like, I mean, the, the story of really? Islam and the story of the Americas are so deeply intertwined. It's, it's not even funny. Well, I think um, a lot of people don't realize that, like, the Pyrenees Mountains there, I mean, that is a very... Muslim region, am I not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Spain still today has a strong uh, Muslim currents, but I mean, a lot of effort has been put in uh, over the last 500 years uh, in order to eradicate Islam from that space. And a lot of those Andalusian and Moorish Muslims went to Morocco, hence Morocco, right? Um, but Islam today is still very active in Latin America and in the Latino USA as well. Um, there's two streams. There's immigrant streams, so like Syrians um, and Lebanese um, and other immigrants that have come over over the last 56 years, a lot of Palestinians. Wait, wait, so you're as saying well. that there are people coming out of Syria to other places? Tell me yes. more about this. And, and, that, and that's been going on for the last 50 or 60 years as well, not only over the last few years. You're, you're right. Okay. Um, wow. But then there's also an increasing number of converts as well, as you've encountered, Gabe, there in Austin. And Texas yeah. in particular is a, is a major hotspot for Latino Muslim conversion or reversion, as they call it. Um, and, and an interesting thing that happens there, now to bring everything full circle, is they often say that they're reclaiming their true Hispanic roots. Because before they were Catholic, they were, they were Muslim, they were Moorish. And so uh, they say, uh, somos moros, right? We are Moors. Or, or let us be Moors, um, and and so they they. Can they you explain like that logic, were, though, man? Yeah. How how were they that before they were Catholic? So again, uh, Spain uh, was largely a Muslim empire uh, for about eight centuries before the Reconquest, and gotcha. so okay. there's over like three thousand Spanish words that have their foundation in Arabic. So the idea being, if 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 our lineage goes back to Spain, um, which, right. but that. Okay, all right, that's yeah. fine. I guess my thought would be like Latin yeah. America. I mean, it's kind of a mix there, right, where you're going to have some of the indigenous peoples of the Americas and the Spanish, and so it's not necessarily that, but I get it. Okay. Well, I think we've lost Ken here on yep. on volume. Ken? We don't hear you, Ken. He is giggling to himself, though, which is pretty sweet. Which is pretty sweet. Ken, we don't hear you. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so it was really funny. I, I said the word postmodernism, and and then Tom was like, uh, "Oh, I can't hear Ken anymore." And I thought that was oh, a mute, joke about mute, mute. He said postmodernism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Islamophobia. Yeah. Ken's. I mean, uh, Tom's yeah. got postmodernophobia. Yeah. No, no, I I hear yep, postmodernism, so and then I, I and then I just know that Gabe's gonna like devolve into like some existential funk, and so like we have it's to true. like we have to get off it as soon as possible. So it's true. I try to protect the show in that way. Thanks, Tom. Ken, you can talk again. Oh, yeah. So I don't know where I got cut off exactly. But yeah, I mean, in some sense, we're all different imagined communities. And this is a way they imagine themselves uh, as structured in history. But there are some leaps there. And even some Latino Muslims who say, hey, that's not exactly a direct line. Uh, right. But it's a significant way to construct identity. But it's a uh, way to do sure. that, sure. And, yeah, and it's got historical sense. grounding as well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. well, it, it sort of sounds similar to where you've got the... Um, you know, Sunni and Shia split, where it's, I guess they would actually argue and trace back their lineage 
two direct descendants, but it, I don't know, at least to me it sounds fairly similar to like, okay, we've got a history that we're grabbing onto, and then we're going to place ourselves in that history and that lineage in order to really solidify the meaning of that particular faith or religion for us. Right. I, I actually would compare it more to like, Germ, quote unquote, German Lutherans. Um, Fair enough. Right, because like a lot of I, I I have a friend who's German, and she thinks it's so funny when she goes to Lutheran churches here, and people say, "Oh, I'm German," and she's like, "Oh, where were you born?" And they were like, "Oh, in Pasadena," <laughs> yeah, you know. And, nice. and she's like, "No, no, no, you're not German." Uh, so here's the thing, and she's like, "Well, who was German?" And I was like, "Oh, several generations ago." Again, this whole joke about like Lutherans being German or Lutherans being Scandinavian, we're so interpenetrated with so many different cultures and stories and histories and peoples and. And, and we're so American by now in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate, or other Lutheran churches in the, in the U.S., um, that we, there's no point in talking about a German Lutheran church, except oh, that there you, are some you, historical you You've never been up to Minnesota or Wisconsin, have you? I, I have. And, and even there, really? that's still all struck through <laughs> so many different ethnicities and people groups and, uh, um, and stories. You haven't, you haven't been to my rural church then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like all the church, like my dad's church, all the people who are 80 years and older literally came over on a boat from Germany or right. from Norway. Right. And, and granted, there are those that, that exist. And same thing with these Muslim communities as well. There are those who are like the original gangsters and like come right, from the right. place but of your authority. Point, your point is. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a construction going on to make our identity more historical uh, and more transnational, which is very important in a globalized world, right? Yeah. We want to feel cultured and part of a bigger story. Hence why a bunch of Lutherans are going to go to Germany next year um, yeah. and, and, and go to all the places that Luther peed, pooped, or prayed. You know, so. <laughs> The big three Ps. Yeah. Well, hey, Ken, man, we're so grateful for your time. I have, you have two final things to say before we let you go, though, all right? Uh, so our audience, man, we have folks who uh, listen who are, are Christians, strong Christians, and so I'd love to hear any words of wisdom you have for them as, as they kind of approach this diverse, globalized world uh, and, and what it means to, to, to be a Christian in the midst of that. And then we have friends of ours who listen who, who are not, and as they're thinking about world religions and maybe are dealing with they're all the same or maybe they're not or I don't care, it's all nonsense, uh, do you have any words of wisdom for both those audiences in two minutes or less? Major questions, short answers. <laughs> yeah, uh, good tag, another button. Uh, I say. So, yeah, I, I got like a, a four-step process I always talk about, and that is the first thing is to pay attention. Pay attention who's in your area, whether it's rural Minnesota or it's the Bay Area, wherever it is, just pay attention to who's around you. Like, are there more Buddhists or Muslims or Hindus or Jews or Christians or what types of Christians or what types of Buddhists or Hindus? And if they are Jews, you shouldn't hit them. Exactly. Amen. Hey, Tom, you learned uh, something. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then from there, uh, to, to listen and to learn, I, I say the first, uh, first step in witnessing or in understanding is to shut your mouth uh, and open your ears. And so sit, sit a long time just listening to people, hearing their stories, hearing their background, hearing why they're Muslim or why they're Buddhist or whatever it is they are. Uh, and then eat together, uh, talk together, do things together, uh, and continue to learn through that process. And then if, if the opportunity arises, then you can talk about your own perspective, whether that's Christian or, or whether that's not. Um, and you can share that with a particular worldview and, and, and the particular background that you understand about this person because they've become your friend rather than just a person to talk at. Um, and so, yeah, pay attention, listen and learn, dine, dialogue, and do together, 
And then, Whoa. You can get, then yeah, I know, three Ds. That's pretty then, sick. Triple wait D. This one, wait for this one. Then you can witness to the worldview. Two Ws. Oh, wow. <laughs> you are a PhD student, that's, without a doubt. You're either a PhD student or a fifty-five-year-old pastor <laughs> in uh, yeah. suburban Indianapolis. Hey, throw an acronym in there, and then we know you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, that was awesome. Uh, Ken, yes. uh, thanks, man. Thanks, Ken. Hey, thank you guys. I, I really appreciated this. We didn't even get to jihad. Like, my gosh, like no, everyone asks about jihad. You, you know what? We I think we might need to have like because this wasn't really world religions. I guess it was just. <laughs> World religion. Yeah, Islam. But that's cool because, I mean, I, it is so prevalent today that I think we probably have a follow-up episode. And let's just dedicate the whole thing now. Let's make an upper thigh covenant between the four of us virtually. Virtual. So let's, we're all grabbing each other's upper inner thighs right now. Tom, get I in on this. Tom, get in. Tom, get it. Thank you. There we go. There we go. We will have another episode follow-up, and it will be entitled Tom's Jihad against Jews. <laughs> not true. That is not going to happen. It's just going to be called Jihad or something like that. So well, I think Tom's Jihad, well, no, it's probably not okay either. That's probably not okay. We'll figure iTunes it out. We'll figure it out. iTunes won't let us publish that. So, Ken, if people want to, I don't know, say keep up with your work or just ask you questions or, I don't know, follow your world travels, where can they find you? How can they, you know, stalk you? Uh, KenChitwood.com. Uh, is the easiest way to connect with me online or at Kate Chitwood on Twitter is where I'm also pretty active. Excellent. Do you hear awesome. that, listeners? Do you hear that? All right, we're going to go to uh, our nameless band who to be named later, which I'm sure we'll put in the, uh, in the podcast episode name, but uh, enjoy this music or maybe it's Tap floundering. dancing, who knows? Floundering, floundering. This is all that is happening. My life, my story, my pain, my glory. This is my, my, my testimony, my amazing grace, my praise in the Lord, my hope, my tears, my walk, my fears. This is my, my. My hope for the hood, let's change for the good, let's progress in our life. Progress, process, process. Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, that was a band, we don't know who it is, but we sure hope we liked them. Uh, we hope you did too, and we hope you've enjoyed our conversation. But before we go, we want to give a shout out to some of our favorite churches, organizations, and friends. Take it away, Josh. Hey, if you're in Austin, Texas and wearing an American flag shirt, or perhaps <laughs> American flag joggers, then you'll fit right in, because it's America, baby, and Texas is Christianity at its finest. Although, we did learn something new today. Quite a bit of, uh, well, let's just say Latin American Muslims down there. Aiken? Yep. He muted himself, but he's nodding in agreement with me. Um, if you want to come and visit Bridge City Community in Chattanooga, you will learn all the incorrect ways to pronounce not only Islam, but Muslim. All right? We got Muslims, Muslims, all kinds of different Islams going on here. They don't even know how to call it the right religion or religious people. But that's in Chattanooga. And finally, I, I don't even know what Second Harvest has to do with world's religions, but I'm sure you feed people no matter who they confess their faith in. Tom, is that a, is that a fair statement? Oh, it's fairly true. Okay, all right. Well, Janet... 
Hopefully uh, you enjoyed this episode. Sorry we didn't have a musical guest. You know what? Actually, Janet, will you send us a recommendation for a musical <laughs> guest for next episode? And we are going to feature Janet's favorite band. Even oh, if I we love inf- that idea. Even if we infringe on copyrights, uh, we're going to do it. You are going to get a world-famous organist. I guarantee it. <laughs> well, so. I'm down with that. Hey, hey. Count yeah, remember me that in. Dude? Remember that dude we went to... Uh, um, seminar with, and he said every time those organ pipes blow, it just gets him going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that was awkward. Hey, Chris, Christopher O'Brien, thanks for the shout out on Facebook. Yes, we're going to get a fantasy football league going. Yes, I know the season starts on Sunday. Yes, we have plenty of time. Just keep your eyes peeled and your ears open, and Tom will do that because no one else knows how to play fantasy. We don't know how to do that. That is a mighty big promise, Chris. It's just me and you, buddy. Uh, no, we'll play. I'll play. You just have to set it up and put an auto draft, and I I'm, can't ever yeah, look I'm at it. I'm drafting Colin Kaepernick. Me, we both have a killer fro. Mine oh, just is happening at the bottom yes. of my face instead of the top of my head. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, thanks for being with us this week. Feel free to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, our website, pintglasspreachers.com. Feel free to become a regular and support the pod. Uh, we love it. Appreciate it. Thanks for all the conversation lately. It's been awesome to uh, to chat with you, our faithful listeners and friends. We love you guys. Tom, take us away. Yeah, next week we're going to probably talk about morality, and it'll be a good time. So, uh, And actually... We might even, in the next two to three weeks, we're going to bring back this this topic of world religions because I think we had a great conversation. I think people are interested in it. So have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Shukran, Ken.